What is up? It is a December 21st edition of the Splash Hag Podcast. Today I'm joined once again by Andrew. Um, I've had him on in the past, breaking down NBA playoffs, NBA finals, redrafts, etc. And having him back on again because tomorrow is the start of the 2020-21 NBA season. It's pretty crazy given that, you know, we the finals were just two months ago, but hey, it's it's a weird year. It's with strange times, obviously. So we're, he and I, we're actually going to talk a little bit about some of the teams that we are excited to watch. Not necessarily like who we think is going to be good, but more so just kind of who are we Who are we going to be very entertained by? Kind of that, quote, league pass criteria. So without further ado, I'm joined by Andrew. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm um, just relaxing. School's over. So I'm just taking easy. That's good to hear. And so... Um, you, you, it's a good time to be, you know, done. It's It's a good time to, you know, wrap up school and everything, considering, like I said, NBA season starts tomorrow. Um, my, my first question to you and well, the way we'll structure this is we'll kind of go by the tier that we'll kind of go by different tiers of like, um, competitiveness per se. Um, so I guess to start of all the, of all the best teams in the NBA, which one, which ones are you most looking forward to watching and why? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. To start off, so um, out of all contenders, I got like I made like five teams for each one, so I'm just going to just list it. So for contenders, I got the Nets, um, the Sixers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, and the Bucks. Uh, so I just do a quick rundown of each of them. Yeah, just what what which uh, I'll I'll say this. I think so. You you said the Nets, the the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Sixers, and who was the fifth one? The Bucks. The Bucks. Okay. I want to hear I want to hear why you're excited to watch the Bucks only because um I think that's a little less obvious with regards to their quote like, kind of like league pass um the kind of the their league pass credentials. I'm curious like what what do you think makes the Bucks league pass this year? Yeah, so I mean obviously we know they're going to you know dominate the record season obviously probably finish first in the East again. And yeah, I think I think for the Bucks, maybe the playoffs is where um, I guess people are more um, you know closely watching them. But for me, I think there are moments contenders to watch just because I want to see how um, Drew Holiday fits in with um, Milton and Giannis, just to see um, you know I guess now Holiday's in a bigger spotlight. He goes from like a Pelicans team where he had like what like two playoff trips I think, and then to now with the Bucks who are a perennial contender. So I want to see how he meshes on a you know a title contending team. And you know, see how much of an um, upgrade he is over Eric Bledsoe, and he also made some other moves too. I think they kind of went uh, added some shooting to their bench. I mean, out of Augustine, um, Bobby Portis, and I think uh, Tory Craig was a very underrated signing for them. I think he yeah. was he's a very uh, you know good defensive wing from the Nuggets. So the Bucks they made some pretty big changes this offseason. I want to see um, how his pieces you know gel in the court. Um, I just want to see how Mike Budenholzer, um, you know. Maybe I don't know if you make adjustments or not because that's not his team. But I want to see how he fits those pieces, pieces together. And lastly, just uh, you know, obviously people talk about how Giannis just needs a three point shot, but I want to see him add some like more you know creativity in the paint. What I mean is like not just like you know, hard drives to the rim, but maybe adding some post moves, adding some like uh, mid range like post touch because I think that's that's something that it's easier for him to build on than adding a three-point shot. So it's I'm intrigued to see them and see um, what kind of changes to make. Yeah. I mean, I actually agree with you. Like, I would love to – not. I'm not 
I don't I think it's really easy to just jump and yell, hey, Giannis needs to add a three-point shot. But I think like if he had a little more just diversity in the arsenal, like that would open up that would open up so much for him because you know he's obviously he's got incredible incredible he's obviously so incredibly good as as he is already. But um okay. I, I hear a lot of what you're saying about the Bucks. I, I I just wonder if two things. One, I wonder if maybe the fact that they've dominated the Bucks have dominated the regular season if people are now kind of waiting like if they're kind of now on that um that timeline of like hey we just want to see what you do in the playoffs right every team every great team eventually reaches that point where you you know you you kind of they you know you kind of don't you're not as invested in the regular season but the the other point that I I think um makes them quote unquote maybe not league pass at least in my book is that like you said they've been the best regular season team the last two years I just were I just won I feel like uh especially in a year like this um I, I just wonder if maybe they're just going to be in a lot of uncompetitive games in the fourth quarter where they're up by 20 points you know they're they're you know they're putting in the second unit and whatnot but beyond that like I'm certainly I'm in agreement with you with that I'm very excited to see um how Holiday is next to Giannis and you know obviously Holiday should be a upgrade over Bledsoe but um I do feel like for me the Bucks become a lot more interesting once the playoffs start yeah that's that's definitely true I mean that's like I said Microsoft's on the Bucks when the playoffs come because we need to see if Giannis can and Budaholzer can you know get past their postseason shortcomings yeah and, and it's honestly it's the same reason why I, I don't have the I don't consider the Lakers to be super league pass like I'll only watch them if it's you know, marquee matchup, close game, right? Um, right. Only because, only because, like that team, I think is going to be incredibly good. Um, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But um, the thing is, like I said, you know, LeBron and AD, they're 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 not going through 110 percent this season, and there's going to be there's going to be so many games where they're up big and they're just you know flipping water bottles on the side. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That's that was, that's that was a ding. Yep. But I, another team you bring up. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two teams that you brought up because these teams are and and they'll be they're the two teams from the the kind of the Northwest, uh, the Blazers and the Nuggets because I feel like these are two teams that could definitely go either direction, right? Like they could really be contenders or they could maybe potentially underwhelm relative to expectations. And yet, despite that, I think both of those teams are going to be really fun really fun teams to watch. I'm curious between the two, like, or, or I'll, I'll, let me ask you, like, what do you think is going to be the big draw, like big thing that draws you to each of those teams in terms of just watching for entertainment? Yeah, that's, that's great. So for the Blazers, I mean, who else do we start with? Damian Lillard, just, you want to see him just chucking like shots from half to half court logo. Just, you want to see him keep extending his range. I mean, he's, he's just an amazing dynamic player. I want to see him just, you know, he was in the bubble. He was he was just wrecking like the defenses like all over the court. So that's why I'm excited to see the Blazers and they have some key pieces off season: Covington and uh, Derek Jones Jr. to upgrade their wing spot. So I'm just to see if their defense improves. But Damian Litter is really the reason why I'm so attracted to this team. I mean, because he she truthfully is to me an NBA candidate, and maybe the best um, point guard under I guess six four in the league. Um, and then the Nuggets, I think. I mean, I love watching Jokic too. Just watching him like facilitate and just uh, you know make, play, make plays on the on the low post. But even more than that, I mean, we all know how you know dynamic Jamal Murray was in the, in the bubble. I think he really showed himself 
showed everyone why he's, you know, a ascending superstar. And I want to see him build on a performance. I want to see him, you know, continue to elevate his game because, you know, when he's we saw him both when he's on when he was on fire, like like man, I, I don't I don't know what to say. It's just you just gotta sit, sit back and enjoy it. So that's that that's my rundown. No, I'm certainly in agreement with you there. I'm also really curious to see if my, there's another leap left in, or not another leap. I'm curious to see what improvement we get out of Michael Porter Jr. since Jeremy Grant's gone uh, and no longer in Denver. There should be, yeah, and Mason Plumber. Sure. There's going to be more minutes for Michael Porter Jr., who at times looked really good. And at sometimes, you know, he was a rookie um, and may have had some rookie rookie woes. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Dame because – I feel like he is one of the last I'm talking amongst I feel like he is one of I think like there's a chance that Dame during the this regular season he could approach that like 2015 2016 Steph Curry level where like if he gets hot like it doesn't matter who the opponent is doesn't matter what the what the lead is what the deficit is like you want to tune in and I'm I'm very curious to see um if he can kind of keep that up the, the keep it up from the keep up that momentum that he had from last season because you know like you said he was incredible in in Orlando he was also you know very good in the regular season as well and just a quick before we kind of move on to the next kind of group of teams um I, I do I will say one one game where I'm absolutely ready to get my popcorn is for when the Clippers play the Blazers oh man yes that's just facts I mean we all we saw the exchange between um Paul George and Damon Lillard after that um, one game in the bubble. Yep. And I don't think Beth. we need to go further to that. And Beverly, yeah. of course. And, yeah. And Beverly. Um, and and Marcus Morris, if I if I recall correctly, was yeah, he was, was getting in on it. Um, he, he, yeah, he was he was uh, you know just messing around with Beverly on the bench when Damon Lillard missed the free throws. I think. Yeah, he was definitely involved. I don't think I was, he was on social media, but he was. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I'll end by saying this. Um, it, it, you know, I, I would imagine that maybe at some point, like Paul George stops, you know, these no shows in these big moments or having to kind of swallow his words. But I will say this, if, uh, if he, if he just gets absolutely embarrassed by Dame again, even if it's the regular season, I, I just don't know if the internet can handle it. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how Paul George, uh, performs on that stage, but Anyhow, um, enough with the Paul George talk. Uh, moving on to the next <laughs> next group of teams. So this next group of teams, you know, kind of that middle class of the NBA, where I, I, the way I would kind of define it is teams that expect to make the playoffs, but realistically, I think the fan bases don't expect a championship this year, right? I think you think of, you know, as an example, you think of like the Washington Wizards, you think of, you think of the Phoenix Suns, right? Um, and so forth. My first question to you actually is, do you consider the Mavs to be in this group? Because if they, if they, if you do, I feel like they're the easy answer for this kind of group of teams. Well, first of all, I think the Mavs should be considered a modern contenders. I don't, I think they're, I mean, I think they're easily a playoff team. I think, but I think we should start talking about them in terms of their, maybe their championship aspirations, you know, sooner rather than later, because they have the probably the one best person in the world, Luka Doncic, just, a rising MVP candidate. Now, I know Porzingis is going to be out to like maybe January, and that might maybe hurt them in the start of the season. Always, his health is always going to be a question mark. But I mean, when you have Luke on your team, like you're not talking playoff expectations, you're talking like 
maybe championship content contention. Maybe not this season, but you know, I mean, yeah, maybe not this season, but maybe the next season after that. So I want to. I think I I might just put match between like like the top tier and maybe the second tier. That's where I'm placing them. Sure. Okay. But, yeah. So with that in mind, kind of what are some teams that certainly ca- that uh, you would say catch your eye that fit that description? Uh, playoff expectations. Um, so you mentioned the Suns and Wizards earlier, and I I would put them in my group too. Um, I also want to mention the Hawks, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies among those teams as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Hawks, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Of those teams, which of those do you think is likely to potentially underwhelm? Underwhelm. Hmm. Okay. That's 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 a good question. Um. I mean, you could give reasons for like four, four out of four out of five of these teams. I guess hmm, maybe maybe the Grizzlies or the Hawks. I would say, and I mean, I don't want to cut the Wizards out too because I can go into them later. But I'd say maybe the Grizzlies or Hawks. I don't I don't know which one of these teams I would pick one or other. But and I guess the reason I'm saying I would say to them is because. You know, Hawks obviously made some you know big signs in the offseason. They added Gonnar Bogdanovich, um, Rondo, and you know, Chris Dunn. They drafted Okonwu. So they greatly improved their depth. The thing is, like, there's there's not a lot of love, like, you know, really high-level defenders on that team, but not like elite, elite defenders. And uh, and like, you know, there's people on it, there's players, the best players on the team have their defensive shortcomings. So Trey, obviously, that's been talked about enough. I mean, Bogdanovich is not that great on defense. Don Gallinari has a, you know, deficiency on defense. So I think they're, they're going to, you know, score like, what, 125 points a game, 130 points a game. But I just, I, just, I want to see if their, de- their defense, you know, improves. And as for Grizzlies, um, you know, Jared Jackson Jr. is going to be out for like, I think the first month of the season, that might hurt them a bit. And then, you know, now they're, I think someone somebody talked about this like on their podcast I listened to, but it's like last year didn't have expectations. So you know when they were only, when they was playing the playoffs, it's like that was a great season for them. But now they have expectations, so it's like you know you wonder if there's players other other than Ja that might you know they want to see step up. So I mean, Moray, I have no issue with him. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But I'm um, you know now that you have the expectations, you know around them, and I want to see how. They perform, and I also mentioned the Wizards uh, in passing. And that's, I think there's the two reasons are first, like I don't like I'm a, I'm a fan of them obviously, but I don't know how much they improved defensively. And that was they were the worst defensive team last year, I think, according to metrics. And secondly, um, I'm not high on Scott Brooks whatsoever. I think, you know, I don't I don't think he's a bad guy was at all, but you know, I don't think he. He really caps the ceiling of his team. I think he's not our best. Like, I don't. I think we can contend for playoffs, but I don't really feel great beyond that because I don't. I don't really feel like he inspires the, the team enough. And I know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's let go. With like, you know, during or after a season. That's yeah. That's that fair. that was a lot. So just I'm yeah, gonna let no. you process all that. No. So I, I certainly agree with you. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, these are all teams that, you know, you can see in the playoffs, but you could also see, 
you know, maybe being the nine seed in the play in and then, you know, losing to the eight seed or, or whatever. Right. Um, what I do think is a very common theme that you see, at least among these teams that you just listed, right. The, the Pelicans, the, the Wizards, the Hawks and the Grizzlies is that, these teams are going to put up a lot more points than they're going to get stops. And I think to me, that is a formula for fun, regular season basketball that is high scoring, you know, has a good flow to it and, you know, uh, is competitive, right? Like, you know, those, you know, that fourth quarter 120 to 118 type thing. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that really seems to be a deep demon among these the Wizards, Hawks, Pelicans, and Grizzlies because, you know, um, the Pelicans are going to be a sort of high-paced team. They got Sam and Goldney. They added um, Adams. So they might they might improve defensively. Um, and, you know, yeah, that's – this is going to be some fun, some fun entertaining games. But, you know, again, you want to see them, you know, take the next step because that's easier said than done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on. Um, or not moving on, but talking about another team that we mentioned, the the Suns, right? I think the Suns are also going to be fun to watch. I think they have the potential to be better on defense. Like, I mean, um, just I think that they have a little more defensive-minded personnel, especially with now the additions of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Um, and, you know, uh, they have a defensive-minded coach, I think, in, in Monty Williams. Um, my My question is, what do you see as the the best case scenario for the Suns? Like a realistic best case. Like obviously, like is it they quote unquote can win the championship, but like realistically, like what do you think is like some one of the better kind of scenarios for for the Suns with regards to seeding? I think the best case scenario for realistically could be a fourth and fifth seed. I think they have the talent under at least in their starting lineup to get that accomplished. I mean, I mean that Chris Paul. There's enough. We said enough about him. Then Broker could make another leap. Um, maybe even all NBA um, appearance, you never know. I mean, like, you now he has Chris Paul feeding the ball, so it's even, it's even easier for him to score. Um, Mikel Bridges took a big uh, – took a step last year. Um, he's one of the, already one of the best defensive uh, stoppers in the league. I'm curious to see how much he adds to his offensive repertoire. Uh, Jay Crowder was a very, you know, key sign for them. He was a key clock on defense for the Heat last year in their, in their playoff run. Uh, he did – Shoot a high percentage for Gria, though usually he he's kind of thirty four percent. So I want to see if he doesn't see if he regresses or not. Aiton, I mean, I, I obviously people are going to talk about you no, know, Luca was in the third pick and all that, but you no know, Aiton's Aiton's been you no know, he made another uh, took a step last year. You know, especially defensively. You know, first of all he had he had another legit legitimate point guard feeding the ball, so it's easier for him to score, and then he made strides on defense. As well, so now I want to see him, you know, take another step, become like an annual 20, 2010 guy. And they still have Cam Johnson, who is also a sharpshooter from the bench. So there's the pieces, the talent pieces are there to make possibly a run to, I guess, the fourth of the scene in the West. Yeah, I, I I certainly agree with you there, and I think I think this is a team that is definitely, regardless of how they do in the regular season, I think they're a team that is going to play a lot of exciting games, but also still be like respectable on both sides of the ball. Right. Like, um, and, and obviously that helps when you have a floor general like Chris Paul and then a, a, a superstar, a young superstar in Devin Booker. And then, you know, a, 
potential all you know superstar all-star uh in big man and who's very young in deandre ayton so um yeah i i certainly i certainly will be watching a fair bit of suns games which you know i haven't haven't been able to say for a couple years so that's that's definitely good um I guess moving on to the last and the most interesting, I shouldn't say most interesting category, but the, the dumpster fire category, which is just teams that realistically we think are bound for the lottery, but we're still going to watch uh, because we think they will be, like I said, league pass. Um, what are some teams that come to mind that you may don't may not think are particularly good or, or likely to do well in the regular season, but you think you'll be sucked into their games? Yeah. So I'll, the five teams I chose are Hornets, uh, which I guess for obvious reasons, um, the Bulls, the Kings, the Wolves, and the Thunder. So I'm curious, what which of these teams you're intrigued by? Before you before you touch on that, I actually that reminds me, where do you where do you put the Warriors in these? Like, where do you think the Warriors fan base expectations should be? I think they should be, you know, playoff bound. I mean, they still have Steph Curry. I think now you're going to see him fully unleashed and he's, you know, he's the top five player in the league when he's healthy. So that always, that gives them a fighting chance or not a fighting chance, but it, it certainly gives them, you know, public expectations. They added a to trade. Um, you know, he's really burgeoning into one, a uh, very solid uh, young wing. And uh, uh, we're curious to see what Wiggins does, although let's not get our hopes too high about that. <laughs> and uh, they added James Wiseman through the draft. So I think, he has one of the highest floors uh, among prospects, so I'm curious to see how he does. Yeah, they should easily – I mean, maybe like – I could see like an eighth seed, you know, in that horizon, but they should be the playoff bound. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely just excited to see, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see a healthy Steph Curry play basketball once again. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think that they should expect – like they should have playoff expectations. Obviously, when Clay goes down. You don't quite have those title expectations, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you there. Back to these kind of like lottery bound teams. So you said what the the Bulls, the Hornets, um, and and who else did you rattle off? The Kings, the Wolves, and the Thunder. Okay. So I think the Hornets are a very obvious pick because they have Lamelo Ball and they have some nice young pieces. And even though LaMelo Ball is going to have some nights where he really struggles from the field, he's going to have a lot of oohs and ahs with regards to his highlight reel, right? Uh, P.J. Washington is also a nice player. Mile, I've said I've said this for a little bit. LaMelo, those LaMelo alley-oops to Miles Bridges are going to be real exciting. So I'm with you there. So we don't need to talk too much about that. I, I'm curious um, what – Tell, tell me, beyond Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the fact that there's a lot of young players, like, what are you expecting from OKC? Because by most, by most, you know, most people expect them to be at the bottom of the West. Um, well, I'm curious, kind of, what's your expectation for what will draw you into the these OKC games? Yeah, I mean, what will draw me in is just how, I guess it's what you said, how, like, say he goes out gender gender performance and, his uh, third year now he's the main, he's D gone on team now so I'm very curious to see like how he does against like teams that legit like just just game play on him. Um, you know there's Lou, Lou Dortz, um, other young guys that they drafted Pukushevsky on Maladon. So I want to see how they perform. And you know my expectations for them, I think I think they start off like I think they start off okay-ish, like maybe around 500, like the first 10 games or so, just because 
they still have some veterans on their team like Ariza, Horford, and Hill that could keep them like like treading water for a bit. But then once they ship those players off for you know for more assets, um, then I think that's when you see those cedar play tail, tail off like a lot more and maybe finish in your bottom of the other west like you're expected to. So, um, but I mean SG is like I know you wanted other reasons in, but he's really the reason why. Like I'm sad, I'm curious to see him just because I was pretty high on him pre-draft, and um, he showed me a lot during his first two seasons. He really, he really validated my um, expectations for him in the first two seasons, just being that like uh, herky jerky, like you know, uh, quirky type of score. So I'm just, it's, he's a, he's an interesting game. So I'm excited to see that. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, he's obviously one of the exciting young players in the, in the league to watch. I have two follow-up questions. The first being. If if uh, if you think there's a chance, you know, OKC initially is kind of treading above water, um, who do you envision as the worst team in the West? And then my second question is, is there a chance where this year's Thunder team actually kind of ends up being a little bit like last year's Thunder team and also the 13-14 Suns from the standpoint of a lot of young pieces and a couple of veterans and everyone thinks that they're just going to be a dumpster fire, but they end up actually being well coached and and actually kind of pretty competitive so curious for your thoughts on those two points yes yeah, so to answer our first question i think the worst team in the west has a chance to be either the sacramento kings or the wolves which are two teams that also mentioned the reason i say this is because i mean the kings they did add um they they let bogdanovich go um they did that high burden which um was you know most obviously most people say it's a big steal for them i'm excited to see him play but i think I think their coach Luke Walton kind of kind of holds them back. I was very curious as to why um, they went away from playing a fast-paced game, a slow-paced game that didn't really suit Darren Fox's game. Um, so that's that's one candidate for worst team in the West. Third candidate is the Wolves, which I said I think it's just because I don't really see um, there's just too many one-dimensional players on the team, especially offensively, yep. like D'Angelo Russell, Cardinal Towns. Need their new draft pick, Andy Edwards, you know, Malik Beasley, too. They're all offense-oriented, but, you know, I don't – there's just no offense of them being even, you know, serviceable on defense. Um, you know, Derek Hover, he shows some defensive chops last year. or But, you know, offensively, it was a mighty, mighty struggle for him. You know, he just, he just couldn't really get any going from there at all. And uh, Okoji, too, again, he's, he's good offensively, but offensively, he's kind of a black hole. He's just kind of directly to spot shooter that teams just leave alone. So, and I'm not I'm not really high on Ryan, Ryan Saunders that, that much either. Just, I think it's kind of the same reason Scott Brooks. It doesn't seem like he inspires his, play, inspires his players as much, as cliche as it sounds. So those are my two picks for possible worst teams other than, than Dunder in the West. And then your second question is maybe they, they maybe exceed expectations, become like kind of a, you know, fun, I guess, kind of like a 13-14 Suns team version to uh, to watch. Um, I I don't I don't know if I give them that high of a chance of, of them achieving that because I think Presti, just based on how Presti is like handling this offseason, he thinks he's hell bent on trying to trade away the veterans on team, just Hill Reason and Horford, and just trying to collect assets and just you know trying to bottom out. So I don't think the chances they're that are. Are too are too high. It's just especially even especially it's because there's so many teams in West are contending for a for a playoff spot or Chris trying to yeah. contend for a playoff spot. So I don't think that I don't, I don't think that's that's very high. 
Yeah. Okay. I I do wonder if there maybe is that potential, but I wouldn't bet on it. Certainly, right? Um, but I I hear you, and I um regarding the point about Luke Walton, I just think it's so ironic that the Kings had Dave Yeager, and Dave Yeager was always known for slowing it down. You know, playing this very methodical and slow tempo. And then he comes to Sacramento and he overachieves because he, you know, he changes it up. Um, and then they bring in Luke Walton, who was obviously the coach of, he was assistant at Golden State and then played more up-tempo in LA as the coach of the Lakers. And then when he comes to the Kings, all of a sudden he's slowing it down. So that's definitely really head scratching. I just find that kind of interesting that uh, it seems like when the Kings hire someone, they go away from what they normally do. Right. And I mean, they seem Maybe that's, that's why they haven't made a playoffs in 14 years. <laughs> Among many other reasons, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the West is an absolute gauntlet this year, but um, we'll see. Like I, I, I and we've talked I, I we've talked about this before, but I, I really feel like there's a most of the front offices in the West genuinely like are trying to make the playoffs this year. I think the only team that is kind of openly saying like, you know what, we're fine with you know, this being a developmental year, I think the only team that has that expectation really is OKC. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every team in the playoff in the West has playoff aspirations. So, yeah. you know, just, but there's going to be, there's going to be teams that, that, won't, that won't make it. So Right. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's going to be, if you consider the play-in as making the playoffs, that means there's going to be only four teams that probably expect to make the playoffs that won't make the playoffs. So I'm definitely fascinated to see um, who, which team that which teams uh, end up in that bucket? Um, last last question um, that I have before I, I let you go: If you can only watch one team in the regular season, like you basically, if let's say you were only allowed to watch one team and then all the games they played in the regular season, which team are you taking? So essentially, the 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 league pass MVP. Yeah, so I mean, other than the Wizards games, which I'll obviously watch because I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, Wow, that's that's a good question. I might, hmm, I'm, I might really, I might go for the Suns. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just so curious to see how this the Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you know, backwards is going to gel. I mean, Devin Booker is like he's he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league just because of his ability to score from anywhere on the court and just that how efficiently he's been able to score just the past. You no, know, he's really just improved his shot selection in the past like few seasons. He's taken away like some of those like deep bombs from like Drees. He's taking more you know comfortable mid-range shots, which I wish I could like which I like for him. So I mean this is the first time the Suns have been exciting since you know 10 years ago since Steve Nash led them to Western Conference Finals, honestly. So that's I'm excited to watch them. Yeah, honestly that might have been my pick too, because if you think about it, you know, the Suns just because of the division they're in, they're gonna play some of them some of the good teams like more often right so you factor that in too and i and obviously you know chris paul devin booker deandre aiden and a lot of young pieces um i i think they might also be the the league pass team of the year so um yeah that's i'm certainly i certainly um can can get behind that but um i i've you know we've been chatting about 30 minutes i don't want to keep you on too long so i think that's a good place to wrap it up so thanks for joining me again andrew yeah for sure man you too take care you too. And to the listeners that uh, if you if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on whatever medium you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. Once again, thanks for listening. And thank you, Andrew, for joining me.